Hey, you know what, guys? This right here, this rambling, boring conversation containing already made-before observations, this could be a podcast. Huh, it's actually not a bad idea. Really? A podcast? Don't you have to be some sort of whiz kid to do those? Uh, definitely not. Anyone with a computer can make one. Well, that's it. We're anyone. Let's do a podcast from right here in the booth. Who's in? Yeah, sure. Let's do it. Is it happening? Are we doing it now? Welcome back to another podcast yet to be named. I'm joined by Tanner, Jeremy, and Sam, and let's jump into it. Some big news out of Colorado this week. A Colorado man was taking a hike or whatever the hell Colorado people do, and he was attacked by a mountain lion. And what he did was fight this thing, I guess, and he choked it to death. Am I, <laughs> am I right in that? Yes. You are, you are correct. It was sweet because the dude, he, he, he said he was in Colorado, but he was just jogging along and he said he kept like hearing something behind him, like twigs rustling, whatever it was, and turned around, mountain lion. <laughs> Dang, uh, twigs keep snapping behind him. Yeah, he's like, what the heck is this? And then, um, yeah, I guess he, he fought with it for like 10 minutes, ended up uh, like stepping on its throat and suffocating it for you know however long until we thought it was dead and they ran away. Oh my! That's a typical Tuesday in Colorado, I guess. Yeah, <laughs> that's like the only real way to kill an animal, right? Like you have to choke it. I don't think there's a way to fight it. You have to somehow get the neck. Yes, yes. So like my biggest question with that is like whenever you we use the words like he fought this mountain lion, like I can't help but see this lion standing up on two legs and them just squaring up with each other and throwing hands. <laughs> <laughs> and that leads me to think, like, is there an animal out there that you could just, like, you could sleep with a punch? Like, just, like, absolutely have a mountain lion snoring with a right straight. Dude, I don't know. Aardvark? <laughs> aardvark. <laughs> dude, I'll kick the shit out of an aardvark. You guys remember the video of the dude that was, like, I forget why he was running towards the kangaroo, but the kangaroo ended up standing up, and he, he hit the dude with a straight, like, square in the chin, and... It was like one of those weird moments, like, you know, PETA was freaking out and everything. But, like, at the same time, to see a kangaroo get punched in the face by a man, it was one of the funniest things I'd ever seen in my life. Especially because his head, the kangaroo's head, like, went back and he was, like, stunned. He, he was, was like, stunned. Did you just punch me in the face. Like, <laughs> you can't punch me in the face. I'm a kangaroo. I'm a treasure. It was so funny, though, because the guy, like, he came out and talked about it, like, a couple of days after he got out of the hospital or whatever. And he was, he was like, Yeah, like, I didn't know what to do. So I was grabbing all these twigs and trying to stab it, but it wasn't poking through. <laughs> <laughs> it just like it, it just kind of makes me think about like uh you know your typical stories of you know hey what'd you do this past weekend it's like oh dude i got a story for you like i was at my in-laws and and our kid wouldn't stop crying this guy's like i'm gonna stop you right there i fought a mountain lion <laughs> the weekend and won. i'm here to tell it i live to tell the tale because i ripped off his tail he was like crediting his survival skills because he had just bought a house cat so he knew how dangerous the back claws were it's like, yeah, I've been fighting this tabby cat behind the alley. <laughs> I was ready for the mountain lion. I've just been, like, dressed in all sweats, just punching my cat in my freezer like Rocky, <laughs> preparing for this moment. So, speaking of things that are dead, um, the Mars rover <laughs> is kaput, officially. Oh, man, uh, that so sad? What was the final message? Uh, my battery's low oh, and it's getting God. dark, I believe. Something along the lines of that. But, like, here's my question. Does this robot... Could it perceive thought and like put that together, or do they pre-program this thing for whenever it was gonna be dead that that's what it was gonna say? 
Oh, that's good. That's a good question because I think it changes the dynamic. If I knew that it was programmed to do that, I think yeah. I'd feel less bad. But I felt like I, I thought when I watched that, I was going to be the only person who had like kind of emotional. I was like embarrassed to even tell you guys. I'm glad that this isn't just me because that was sad. Absolutely. It just hits you right to your core, that line. It's like it's getting dark. Oh, it's, right. it, it it's hits hard. Tough. To be honest with you, like just the, the story itself, like the fact that this this thing was supposed to last for what was it, ninety days, I think? Yeah. Something like that. It was programmed for ninety days and it lasted fifteen years. Amazing. So that alone is like this is incredible. And then to go out like that is just like It's like the uh the menorah. They only had enough oil for one night and it lasted eight <laughs> nights. Like he he's a true champion. Amazing. <laughs> he survived. Champion. I'm, I'm just waiting for like a couple of years down the road when it'll be like, I'm back. <laughs> Sun, sun's out. I'm at the beach. <laughs> like, where are you guys at? I'm the boy who lived. <laughs> I found a, uh, I found an outlet. <laughs> That's all it was. You just had to charge up. <laughs> Is it depressing to anyone else though that like you know that thing's just sitting there like on Mars, just kind of like just sitting by there. itself, dude. It's like, cold yeah. as hell, and it's no place to raise your kids, and he's got to live there for the rest of eternity. Uh, <laughs> uh, little Rocket Man reference. Is that is it Mars? In Rocket Man by Elton John. Um, yeah, I, th- I, so. I thought he was just in space. But I don't know. I think Mars is referenced. Might be good. Good, good reference. I think Venus might have had a shout out. I don't know. <laughs> where Where did we land on Uranus? Because I know Elton John might have talked about that once or twice. <laughs> so yeah, so the Mars rover is going to be missing for all of eternity, and these teenagers are going to be missing for forty eight hours. There's a new challenge out called the Forty Eight Hour Challenge. What the hell? They're they're, um, they're like running away from home for two days and like kind of disconnecting from social media. So they'll get, I guess, uh, they make their parents scared and they'll get, you know, retweets or something saying like, hey, find, help find Kara or something like that. You know? <laughs> yeah. yeah. Like, dude, just play hide and seek. <laughs> <laughs> they, they wanted to blow up on social media, like help us find so and so. They were last seen, blah, blah, blah. But they're actually at their buddy Trevor's house playing Apex Legends for two days. Luckily, this wasn't the uh, parents from Abducted in Plain Sight because they were oh. for like, what, a week and a half or two weeks until oh, they reported gosh. their job missing. One of the most painful things. They're the most oblivious people of all time, dude. I think I swore more times in that hour and a half than I have in the last year. Yeah. I was so angry. I literally, so I was angry. like, dude, this is terrible. I like, I can't do this anymore. I'll never forget too. like whenever, like, okay, after the first one, it was bad. And then whenever it led up to, I think it was the mom actually who ended up saying it. And then she dropped the bomb of, and that was the second time she was kidnapped. And I was just like, just, just figure it out. <laughs> I need South Park to get a hold of that real bad. Like, oh my so God, dude, it right would be, they, they would tear it apart. Like I just, there's so many things in that, like, Whenever, when what was her name, by the way, the main, the, the, the girl who got taken, Jan? Uh, Jan, that's Jan, yep. Whenever she was gone, she was at that Catholic school or whatever, and she called back home, and she was like, hey, just wanted to say I missed you guys, and, like, the daughters reacted and were crying, like, where are you, come home? And the parents get on, and they're like, hey, sweetie, everything okay? All right, and she was like, yeah, I gotta go, just wanted to say love you. They're like, okay, <laughs> nice, nice to talk to you, uh, we missed you, and then they hang up. And then they had the recordings of the mom on the phone with the guy, 
And it, just like the conversations were so, but like they were still, awful. Still want to marry my daughter? Yeah, yeah. She's the only one for me. Oh, geez. Okay. All right. Well, talk to you later. To top everything off, the dad had to go out and pull bees pork. Oh, yeah, man. Like, pork. <laughs> so I freaked over and roasted his beef, and I'm just. Oh no! How are you gonna do that? Oh, the whole thing, dude, was so frustrating. I didn't mean to get off topic, but that was. <laughs> Terribly, terribly frustrating. In what universe do you get your daughter taken away from you <laughs> and then you end up masturbating off the guy who took her? I don't think, I, I just can't believe it was real. I can't believe any of that was Dude, real. I like I said, I had to turn it off. Luckily, <laughs> the parents of these teens aren't that stupid but like god man Dude, i didn't see the abducted in plain sight but it sounds like a hell of a show <laughs> more like a hell of a no don't do it so you guys want to jump into our top picks then let's do it all right so i was having a conversation with my roommate about um mike allstott recently and basically he said mike allstott was a white earl campbell when you think about it I said, hell yeah. Like, you know, he had really thick legs. He he was pretty fast for his size and he would just bowl people over. And then we got talking about fat athletes, fat leads, basically. And we're like, well, who's the greatest fat lead? So I said, hey, cast material. So Absolutely. I want your top picks. Who's the greatest fat athlete and why? Sam, why don't you go? So this here is a curveball to start. I'm going to go with, wow, his name, I almost called him Butterball, but it's Butterbean, not to be confused with J.D. King. My guy was was not only the dude who crushed Johnny Knoxville and Jackass. He was a bad dude. A lot of people look at him and think like, ah, you know, this guy was kind of like a circus, like freak show thing. But, dude, those red, white, and blue trunks, that mean look and that bald head and that gut. Really, really had some power in this program. Oh, I'm pretty sure it. his boxing record's crazy. I didn't look it up, but I know he has like a thousand <laughs> fights, and he has most. I didn't look wins. it up. Yeah, I didn't look. I didn't. I didn't prepare for this at all. I didn't even know his name to start. I thought it was Butterball. <laughs> <laughs> I think it's more fitting for his his look and everything. Ball. <laughs> he's he's shaped like a ball. Is that a brand of turkey, Butterball? Yeah, you bet. Right. Your ass it is. I uh, okay. I did a little research. Um, okay. He has 91 fights total That's as a professional <laughs> professional boxer. Um, 77 wins, 58 by knockout. Crazy. And uh, losses. Bro, that's great. Yeah, wow. that's really good. I want to know, how can a man that size go the distance? His, <laughs> you can't have the conditioning. Listen, maybe. I got Body, His cardio wasn't bad. Um, I guess. I know about um, kickboxing record, seven total fights, um, three wins, four losses. Not quite as good, obviously. Right. Uh, his three wins, though, two of them were knockouts. And then MMA. Yeah. 28 fights in MMA, uh, 17 wins. Seven by knockout, 10 by submission. Did he lay on their face? <laughs> <laughs> And oh, 10 man. losses. Butterbean was like five foot three, like 296 pounds of gut, but he could go. Like, he was as good of an athlete was a goer, you know, as I've seen. Sure. He was good. Tanner, what about you? Well, um, 
To be perfectly honest with you, Butterbean was going to be my pick as well. That shows you how highly I think of him. Wow. Um, I do have some in the back pocket, though. For this specific pick, I think I'm going to have to go with the one and only, if you remember him, Jared Lorenzen. Jared Lorenzen <laughs> yes, dude. was the fat quarterback. He played okay. at um, Kentucky. Yes, he was a Kentucky quarterback. If I'm not mistaken, didn't he wear like number 22? 22, number 22. Yeah. Yeah, or <laughs> number 22, so he's one of those guys. And dude could sling it, like absolutely <laughs> sling it. Whenever he was in college, I would be curious to actually see what he what he weighed in college because it was by no means at all what he ended up being. He ended up playing in arena leagues. Yeah, the River Monsters. Yeah, he was huge when he was playing. 360 pounds. What I'm seeing right now, mine is telling me six foot four, 315 pounds. And I feel like that... <laughs> His nickname, the one and only Hefty Lefty. He was a lefty <laughs> gunslinger that could just absolutely spread the pill, dude. Like, could just get it all the way across the field. He also was a runner. Yeah. Like, this is why I am so impressed with, like, what he was able to do. And he was huge. He was athletic. And I, I'm just really, really impressed with the guy. Dude, and he has a uh, Super Bowl ring. Yeah, that's what I was looking at. He's a Super Bowl champ. Yep. Thanks to David Tyree, of course. But, yeah, he's a Super Bowl champ. Oh, well, that's sick. You got a ring. Jeremy, what about you? Uh, all right. For me, um, since Tanner took one with football, I'm going to go a different sport. I'm going to say Bartolo Colon. Yes. I'm not even sure if I pronounced that right. But he did. the dude's been around forever. He's put on more weight each year and gotten better <laughs> with the weight that he's put on, <laughs> which is amazing. But the best part about it is not only is he a good pitcher, but is he's the funniest guy in the world to watch taking it bat. Yeah, because he swings as hard as he can, <laughs> and his helmet never fits; it always falls off. <laughs> it wasn't like terribly long ago. I think it was within the past year or two. He actually hit his first career home run. Yep, it was a year. Yeah. It With was the Mets. like it was an event, dude. Like, yeah, it was a big deal. It, it, everyone lost their minds. It was like it actually. You probably like they probably could statistically now find out the odds of him hitting a home run from all of the years that he's been playing all the at bats he's had that bat finally met the right spot with a baseball <laughs> and it went how would you it feel to went. be the pitcher that was he was pitching to him honored what are you talking about <laughs> like come on it was in a pitcher friendly park too so it wasn't some kind of like little rinky dink sneak over the fence like he pounded it was he always that big? Like when he came into the league, was he a big dude? Or did he no, he broke camp with uh, the Indians, and he like he looked like a stud, like like typical '90s guy <laughs> with like the big, long, thick white turtleneck, and yeah, like the steroids and stuff. No, 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 no. <laughs> <laughs> he took fat roids. But yeah, since um <laughs> since Adrian Beltre retired, I think Bartolo Colon's the last active player that played in um. Three Rivers. Speaking of Three Rivers, okay. Let's hear um, it. my fat athlete. I'm gonna have to go with the bus, Jerome Bettis. Oh, dude! Oh, how, yeah. we, how could we not? Because yeah. I don't like to think of the bus as fat. I think dude, he was five eleven, two sixty. He's borderline for he me. Big. He was real big, dude. He had a huge gut. His last couple of years, and he had a huge heart. Say what you will, man. <laughs> I know that we kind of might think think a little bit like, oh, that's kind of tough to say. But no, make no mistake about it. The bus was fat. He was big <laughs> as hell. <laughs> Let's he was a house. He was Late a bus. Year bus was fat. Early year bus was nimble and quick and oh, yeah. kind of. Owned up. 
Dude, even like, old bus was nimble and quick. He was. He's a stud. Like Rams bus before he got traded to us, dude. Like he would take sweeps, like beat the corners to the sidelines and sprint in. Like he was good. He was really good. I, I I wish we were alive back then when that trade happened because like I couldn't imagine the buzz around the bus because he was a freak. I mean, that's only what like a yeah, physical was. freak. Like that kind of speed combined with that size. It's it's scary to think about, honestly. I have a little um honorable mention here if uh if you guys have some too, because I did have Jared Lorenzen and then since none of you picked him, I picked the bus, but I also had uh Prince Fielder. Yep. Yeah, knocking shit one. out the park very big bodied uh another good one jeremy this is a little bit m- m- up uh our alley a little bit john daly by <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> no means your typical golfer body nope. shape not wow. only was he a fat leap but he was just like a dirt bag too which made him <laughs> so much cooler <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> i mentioned uh vince wilfork but uh do you guys remember the um he was on hard knocks and he was balling he was playing basketball he was – he's super athletic for being, like, yep. 700 pounds. Warren Sapp, too, and that – come from that same cloth. There was a video – there was a video of him, like, absolutely seeming like a 30-yard field goal <laughs> or, like, a 40-yard field goal, something like that. Like, killed it. <laughs> yeah, he hit that field goal. Speaking of people who hit things, the Cleveland Browns have signed Kareem Hunt. Um, <laughs> it could be good – but, like, I mean, they already have Nick Chubb. Regardless, it adds a completely different dynamic to their offense, and I'm frightened, honestly. Yeah, I think that they are going to be very dynamic. And I guess whenever you have as many losing seasons as they've had in a row, it doesn't matter who you're signing. Yeah, <laughs> so a, lot of, a lot of teams try to stay pretty moral high ground with that one. Not when you lose 20 years in a row. <laughs> I heard that um, Jack Dorsey has kind of a uh, like a special relationship with him. I don't know what he did before he was the GM for the Browns, but um, apparently he recruited him or something for uh, where do you go? Akron. Uh, It sounds right. It was either Akron or Kent State. I know it was one of the Ohio schools that was blue and yellow. So it had to be one of those. But yeah, it it said that, um, you know, he has like a special bond with him in that regard. So that's kind of why. And he's he's a local boy. I think he was like an hour away from Cleveland. Well, not only that, I heard they signed him for one year for $1 million. Yeah, and they have a clause in the contract that if he does perform and he is, um, you know, a stand-up citizen, they still control his rights. So he's not a free so agent after this year. Hmm. Yeah, he'll be like a like restricted free agent, something like that. If you go down the list... The Bengals are the Bengals. The Steelers are falling apart at the seams. Antonio Brown is being a jackass. We're losing him. Um, We still have Keith Butler. We suck. The Ravens are hoarding their fool's gold by doubling down on Lamar Jackson. So all signs point to the Cleveland Browns as the clear frontrunner for the AFC North next year. What do you guys think? Which is scary to think about. Yeah. It happened so fast. Well, not really. Very, very fast. Yeah. So fast. Even like overnight. <laughs> 1999 <laughs> till now. But like, I mean, really though, like from the hard knocks thing, it got everyone pumped up and then they kind of who we thought they were. And then once Hugh Jackson got fired, they're like, hey, guess what? Now we're good idiots. And now we have Kareem Hunt. <laughs> yeah. 
Hugh Jackson sucks. Thinking about yeah. Kareem Hunt on an offense with Baker and just giving him kind of like a uh, like a comfort blanket to just drop the ball off, like if he's dropped back to someone like Kareem Hunt, I think really scary to think about. And if um, either way, if their kicker goes down, I heard he can do that too. So, uh, boom. boom. <laughs> <laughs> um, a little bit of Pens news. I feel like since you know we're a Pittsburgh podcast, we don't talk about the Pens enough, mainly because I don't know jack shit about hockey. But that's where Sam and Jeremy come in because you guys are experts. hockey e- experts. The yeah, experts. Yep. the experts. We you are sex experts. We have a couple inline championships, so we that's know what true. we're talking about. That is true. <laughs> so um, obviously this wouldn't have happened uh, had he not gotten cancer. But uh, Crosby surpassed uh, Mario Lemieux in games played. By the end of his career, when you really think about it, is Crosby going to be viewed as the best Penguin ever? I mean, he already has you know, more championships as a player. What do you guys think? It's interesting. It's going to be for me, like, you know, obviously it depends how he ends his career, but it's going to be damn, damn close because like you said, Crosby, he's already surpassed him in championships and he's the best captain of a hockey team that you could ever want. I mean, you never hear any kind of bullshit about him outside of the game. He just, he comes in, he does his work and he produces no matter what. But the, the thing with Lemieux is look at what he did that Crosby probably won't ever reach him in points or goals or anything. Yeah. Right. Crosby already has played more games. It's just amazing. Well, here's the thing, and this is my this is where I think hockey is so different than other sports. Um, the game is so completely different than it was in the eight, the seventies, eighties, nineties because of just the offense. You know, goalies literally were wearing no pads. The nets were bigger. Um, there was there was no such thing as the butterfly. The butterfly wasn't a the thing. Goalie, yeah, yeah. When the goalie goes down. So like. Dude, all you had to do was keep the – that's how I shoot anyways. I can't get the puck up. I would have scored 100 goals. <laughs> goalies, they stunk. And, like, don't, don't get me wrong. Like, Lemieux, obviously, Gretzky, they're dogs. Um, they, would be, they would be able to play in today's league, and they'd be good. But Sid, back then, would have been ridiculous. Like, he would have been as good as these guys with the points and stuff they scored. Like, dude, to put this in perspective, it is a huge accomplishment to score 100 points nowadays like if you get 110 points you're probably going to win the most points in the league there was a year where Gretzky had 200 Lemieux had like 199 or something yeah. dude it's unfathomable to me that that was even possible like no one yeah. played defense no one played goalie so I truly think people are still going to think Lemieux when they think of like greatest hockey player like Lemieux Gretzky even though I think Crosby in that era is just as good as those guys for sure if not better no doubt. I agree I think Crosby is a better all-around player but with what all that Lemieux's done for the organization, you know, literally coming back and saving the team from yeah. everything that he's done, he's always going to be looked at as just, you know, the guard too. in Pittsburgh. Fair. Yeah, absolutely. That's no, true. That's a no. whole. That's a whole another dynamic, you know, into the fold is that not only was he a great player, but he was a great humanitarian, and he basically saved the franchise. And like, not saying that Crosby's not a great humanitarian, but like, these are going to be the Kansas City Penguins had someone not stepped up and Lemieux stepped up. Like he literally saved our boys. That's something that I look into, uh, in terms of uh, frequently you get the, you get the LeBron and Jordan argument all the time. And something that I always say, and to me, it's very similar with what we're talking about here is that I feel that LeBron James is skill set wise, the greatest basketball player of all time. But there's a big difference to me by saying that LeBron's the greatest basketball player of all time, as opposed to the greatest of all time. Michael Jordan is the greatest of all time because he was the sport. He was like what was looked at as the greatness, the the championships, 
everything he brought to it, the merchandising, the commercials, he, he's just like, yeah. he was this awe-inspiring character that, you know, that is why I look at him as, as the GOAT, the greatest of all time. You know what I mean? So you're saying I, Lemieux is like Jordan? I think that that's the way I look at it. Lemieux has this big backstory of all this that he has done for not only the sport, but for like just Pittsburgh in general. That, you know, in terms of we want to break down hockey and skill sets, like Jeremy said, I think that Crosby is a better all around player, but like Lemieux just has that GOAT status that's really hard to pass. It is. Yep. You're right. That's Absolutely. how I feel too. And you know, Michael Jordan played two sports. And you know who else played two sports? Kyler Murray. And Kyler Murray committed to football. What do we think about that? Dumb. Dumb? I don't know. I don't know if I say it's dumb because I don't think it's dumb. But he was going to the Oakland days. Dumb. I He's going to have CTE twenty years, and he could have made a hundred million dollars playing Mm-mm. baseball. I don't think Not so, dude. The A's. Bro, he would have made, I mean, made, made pennies. Yeah, Moneyball. <laughs> no, dude. Seriously, like unless you're like a Bryce Harper, where you, you're even Bryce Harper, dude. It took him a couple years, like. Minor leaguers get paid shit. They're literally their their salary is literally like twelve thousand a year. Room and board. Yeah, that's literally <laughs> it. Like he and they have control over a player for six years after they even make it to the make it to the majors. So at six years, you're making. 550,000 league minimum. Here's something that I I'm curious of. And I I don't know if he's mentioned this, but something that people don't really think about is the fact that Kyler could genuinely just like football more, which there's nothing wrong with. There's nothing wrong with that. (laughs) Like, like people are always like, Oh dude, you're making the wrong decision in terms of money. And you know, CTE, like all the stuff that's going on with that is valid. No doubt. But, um, I don't want to relate this too much to my personal life, but like me personally, I was probably a better baseball player, but I liked football more. I, I just, I enjoyed it more. You know what I mean? He could just like football and he wants to pursue it. He's always enjoyed, you know, playing it. His dream might've always been to be in the NFL. Who knows? But I mean, either way, dude's gonna be making more money than I'm going to see in a lifetime. <laughs> All right. So let's, uh, let's wrap up the show with our little, uh, fan love. We have a couple good questions that came in this week. One from none other than the bracelet God, Monty Guidi, who said, uh, tell us your most embarrassing sports stories so i'll start um it was the last game of my career at robert morris and we we're playing this team from rhode island called bryant and the year before we ran a fake punt where i ran for 34 yards it like sparked the offense we scored a touchdown so we put in another little ripple into the punt offense and had me throw in a pass now throughout the week i was fucking dan marino i was slinging it dude <laughs> i was just dropping seeds dropping dimes everywhere and everyone's like Corey, you sure you're ready for this and i'm like dude my cousin's a quarterback i'm more prepared for this than anyone on this team (laughs) so the time finally rolls around we're winning like 21 to nothing and it's like fourth and two perfect opportunity to do it my special teams coach says Corey, do you want to do it and i was like hell yeah Like, this is my last game. I'm in the moment. I'm feeling it. I want to show you I'm confident for reasons I don't know why, because it's not like he's going to start me next year because I don't have another year left. So I get out there, and man, (laughs) it sailed on me like Christopher Columbus in 1492, and I literally, (laughs) I pushed it, and it did all the things. It it went sideways. It got caught in the wind. (laughs) It did all the things. You could hear all 300 people in the stands go, oh, (laughs) and then after that, that like sparked a comeback and they scored 
<laughs> three straight times. <laughs> the last time they scored, it was 20 to 21. Kicker lines up, shanks it wide left, and we end up winning. But yeah, that's my. <laughs> oh, God. Well, that's good to hear. They show that video in special teams meetings to teach you on not what to do. Oh, God. <laughs> At least you left a lasting impression, though. Some positives come out of it. I guess. I'm a joke. I can't show my face in Moon ever again. <laughs> what about you, Sam? All right. Picture this. I'm uh, 14 years old, ninth grade. I was wrestling high school. My whole ninth grade year had a good year. And then just because of my age, I got to wrestle like the the youth wrestling, the state championship tournament. So I go out, kind of ease my way into the finals against a kid who's tough. Um, multiple time state champ there and real good in high school. So close match, you know, I think he actually even took me down first. So it's, it's pretty tight here. And out of nowhere, a 20 was laying on the mat. My grandfather used to give me the $20 handshakes in between rounds. So I must have just slipped it in my sock. So we're wrestling. There's a scramble. The ref picks it up, and he, like, walks it over to my dad. He's like, hey, what's this here? He's like, you, you guys pay me off? I, I it was either my sock or my single. But, dude, like, you think of it. I'm, like, the most intense I could be. You know, it's, like, the second period in the state finals, and money is just falling out of me. <laughs> Side note, I end up coming back and winning it. Yeah. But uh, <laughs> kept the 20, bought something later. So what it was, but... I wouldn't even be embarrassed. That's like an intimidation factor. Like, you're <laughs> still just stacking 20s? <laughs> yeah. Like, I don't care, dude. I got freaking money in my, my freaking stinky old sock. <laughs> a stinky 20. There's nothing better than post-tournament meal. So I can tell that you use that 20 to good use. Jeremy, what about Absolutely. you? Well, unlike you three, I didn't play sports in college, and in high school, nothing really to brag about. So, I'm going to go with gym class. (laughs) Yes! I I was good enough to shine in gym class. One day, ninth grade, fooling around, we were playing on those little square plastic scooters, and tough guy me, playing Tony Hawk Pro Skater all the time, so I'm going to go... you know, skateboard this sucker out here because we were playing this dodgeball game at, you know, he had to use them with it. And medic. Yeah, medic ball is what it was called. And I proceeded to fall off of it and snap my femur in half. Trail. <laughs> it is right in half. And it was so out of the blue that the gym teacher set up cones around me and tried to straighten my leg out because he thought it was a cramp. <laughs> So that kind of sucked. That's a bad cramp, boy. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And then so that's mine. That's what led to the eventual peef. <laughs> oh, God. That's another story for another day. That's a story for another day? Yeah. Tanner, what about you? So this one's uh, this one's a little bittersweet because it was uh, it was a high moment to a low moment, and it was just embarrassing overall. Uh, we were playing North Dakota State my redshirt freshman year when I was at Youngstown, and um, I was kind of thrust into the game because two quarterbacks ahead of me went down. Um, was by no means prepared at all uh, for this. Didn't think it was going to happen. Keep in mind, North Dakota State was the, I think, like three-time defending national champ, so it was already just like a, a high hill to climb. Uh, I go into the game, first drive, we go down, like we get into field goal range, and it gets blocked, so bad start. Second drive, uh, we get put into a fourth down and I think it was like one we ran a play action pass that I actually threw a touchdown on so I had this big high moment like my first college touchdown 
and I was feeling good. And I'll never forget, like, I came out over to the sideline, and, like, I was, like, hyping everyone up. I was like, we're not done yet. We're not done yet, baby. Let's go. We got to keep on going. I was being, like, trying to be a leader, I guess. I was, like, talking to fans, like, thinking that I was, like, a six-year starter. I had everything going for me. The very next drive, I go out, and on the very first play, there was a route that was wide open at about two yards down the field, and I was like, nope, I'm Brett Favre. I'm going to throw this as far as I can. So I throw a ball up into the air, and to say that it was 10 to 15 yards overthrown is a compliment to me. It wasn't. It was like it was it was terribly overthrown. No one within 10 yards of it, and it was picked off and brought back like another 20 yards, and it was so bad. The entire crowd like just sitting there going, oh, like it was it was like it, it was almost like a, how did this kid end up in this position? How is this kid at this school playing football here? I then continued. I think I ended the game three for 10 on completions with a pick and we lost. It was an overall embarrassing, embarrassing, embarrassing moment um, that I'll, I'll never forget. So it worked out though. Yeah. Years later, the cream always rises to the top and you live to tell the story. I did live to tell the story. You did just like Tommy Gunn. I also, I was, I was advised by our good friend, Shane Turkley, that he won't listen to the podcast anymore unless we mention Tommy Gunn. So there's your Tommy Gunn reference. <laughs> so episode three in the books, what are we thinking, boys? Smooth. Go listen to it. <laughs> yeah, this is hey, a good if you time. If haven't already, make sure you guys, uh, you guys follow us on our Instagram and Twitter pages. Uh, the Twitter one is different than the Instagram, isn't it? No, the Instagram is different from the Twitter. If you guys haven't yet already, make sure you go follow us on uh, the Twitter and Instagram pages. The uh, The Instagram is at yet to be named underscore podcast. And the Twitter account is at YTBN underscore podcast. So the common denominator is underscore podcast. So we got that going for us. Podcast is what we got. All right, boys. So from all of us here at YTBN, thinking of a name soon. Thanks for listening. Thanks for listening.